Welcome to the Generations Podcast, where we talk about key issues that divide the different generations and how the church can be a place where we unite. Each week we'll focus on a different issue that we see culturally and discuss how each generation is in a unique place to make a difference. We hope you can make the live class that happens every Sunday morning at Stonebridge Church. Here is Generations. Um, I, I'm Tava, and I am... I'm going to say I'm a millennial, so like I said, I have, I'm like, I'm not Gen Z. Gen Z is great, but not for me. Okay, so, um, so in the beginning more, it will be more statistics. So if you have questions um, where you're like, Tava, please slow down because my previous jobs have been more therapy, one-on-one, not groups. So um, I tend to talk a little fast. So if you're just like, hey, girlfriend, please slow down. I will not get offended. Um, And then just in the previous class, it was very discussion. And I really thought that that was well, great. So if you have things to add in, um, please do. But of course, I will look at the time. And if I'm seeing that we're going over, I'll be like, sorry. Um, But yeah, so first, the button did not work first. Maybe I have to start it over again. Oh, yeah, you're the clock. No, the surprises. I know. Nobody look. (laughs) How do you start at the... Start presentation. No. Just tell everybody closer. How many slides you got? A lot. No one look. No one look. Okay. Thank you. They can remember all that. Okay. So did y'all read all of that? Because then I can leave, I guess. Okay. Um, so to start off, I have a graph. And the ones that are boxed are um, ones more pertaining to this topic. Um, so I just thought it was interesting just to see, um, especially with generation X, Y, and Z, um, just kind of what, how they view technology. So generation, generation X is more digital immigrants. Um, so more foreign to the digital world. Um, generation Y, more <laughs> digital natives. So it's like remembering a time without technology, but when it was introduced, being able to easily adapt to it. Um, and then Generation Z, born into technology. Um, and then before then, early information technology adapters. So yes, large, and then of course, pre to 1945, largely dis- disengaged. Um, but this, this large box, I thought was super, super um, interesting as well because Signature products were, like for baby boomers, um, television was a big thing, Generation X, the personal computer, Generation Y, tablet, smartphone, and then Generation Z, some of these things I have not heard of, but 3D printing, um, (laughs) Google Glass, I guess is the word. Um, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So yes, virtual reality. Um, Google Glasses, so yeah. Um, And then main sources of communication for like the media and then communication preference. So a lot of like telephone, email, and texting, and then texting social media, and then um, just it turning into handheld. And then what I thought was interesting was the preference and how it's starting to turn into FaceTime because I am one to not like FaceTime, and I'm just like, wow, that's so interesting to me. Um, But yeah, so that's just the change in the different generations. And then the question that I had that David already asked 
was, <laughs> what was an item? Here now, so. Yeah, so they, David didn't ask this question already, but um, what was an item of technology that changed your childhood? Um, and for, like, I would talk to Josh Bramlin a little bit, and even my sister, it was, for him it was like Netflix and just not having to go to Blockbuster anymore and just being able to, like, Back in the day, Netflix was, they would send you um, DVDs <clears throat> like at a certain time. And then, yes, Miss Becky. Mine was cable TV. Mm hmm. Yeah, we had three channels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. And uh, like, I would say mine would be text messaging, just the ability to easily talk to friends and um, instant messaging. <clears throat> so you didn't have to talk to them one on one. And so it's just super interesting to see the different generations and what, yes. Ours was just the TV. Yeah. 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 Even. Black and Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's all. Electricity. That's what Bill Jones said. The light bulb in the last episode. And I'm like, oh, how old are you? <laughs> but yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right, so more statistics, um, fun, fun graphs. So these are just the usages among technology. So owning a smartphone, own a tablet computer, and the use of social media. So for own a smartphone, um, I think with all of these graphs, like my main takeaway, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, here's my parents, everybody. <laughs> Don't I look like them? <laughs> um, but yeah, so these are like the main, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, but what I saw was really interesting was just the older generations are starting, it's starting to increase. Um, and so with a smartphone, I mean, like Gen X especially is like, it's more of merging. Um, and even owning a tablet computer, um, like that is more than millennials for Gen X. And then social media, millennials is more of plateauing. So it's like not really changing, but there's a big increase from 2012 to 2018 with Gen X. And then it's just rising and rising. And I've said that even millennials will notice that Gen Xers are using social media more and they're like, all right, so do we want to keep using this because our parents are commenting on everything? Um, <laughs> and so, no, all my jokes about my parents are going to be awkward because y'all are just be looking at me. <laughs> um, I won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was just, that was like my main thing that I thought was really interesting was just the rise in the older generations and using that. And then I will talk more about that in a second. So these are the differing opinions. Um, so this graph is the percentage of US internet users who say the internet had mostly been a good thing for society um, compared to yourself. So older internet users less likely to view the internet as a positive for society. Um, and so I think that comes along with like news and just different news articles being shared and um, yeah, just things like that. But I just thought this is more of like a reflective question. I'm like, what do I think? Do I think that the internet is good for myself or good for us as a whole? Um, and so 
I think it's just an interesting question to ask yourself. Um, and then similarities, some similarities. Um, so this is more mainly talking about, especially Americans 60 and older, um, just the rise in the use of technology. And so this graph is by minutes. Um, <clears throat> so you can see that between 2005 and, 20, and 2015, screen time with um, adults older than 60 rose by 27 minutes. Um, exercise rose only by two minutes. Other leisure decreased by six minutes. Socializing decreased by nine minutes and reading decreased by 13 minutes, which I would say that maybe I feel like this could be like real books because I feel like reading <laughs> people read a lot on their screens, um, which could either be a good thing or a bad thing because like your eyes and get you some blue light glasses. Um, <clears throat> so the, the um, this graph over here mainly pertains to Facebook, um, which I thought was really interesting too, because Gen X and Millennial is starting to merge, um, and so I feel like as the time goes on, we're gonna see maybe a cross, um, because I have definitely noticed the generation before me using Facebook a lot more. Um, <laughs> and sometimes that causes, you know, people to get off. But um, it's just super, super interesting with the merging. And there's the stats of rising numbers. <clears throat> All right. So pros and cons. And of course, these are not all of them. So you can look on a lot of different things or you can have your own opinions as well. But just things that I saw was um, some pros were connecting with family and friends or long lost relatives. And me personally, um, I was able to connect with my brother on Facebook that I hadn't talked to or met ever. And so now that I have a relationship with him just because of technology. Um, and then teens are physically safer, which I'll talk about later. Um, and then accessibility, whether that be to news, movies, music, whatever. They're very easily accessible. And so um, I think that that is just cool um, to be able to access things like that. Um, and so then crowdfunding, which I have an actual definition of because if I sit here and explain it, I will not sound smart. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's like GoFundMe, but crowdfunding specifically is more for businesses. Um, so it's the use of small amounts of capital from a large number of individuals to finance a new business venture. So it's like Kickstarter. Um, so a lot of little businesses, um, I looked up some, but there's a game called Exploding Kittens. <laughs> yeah, that started on Kickstarter, um, and it was like they raised, I think, I think it was in the millions, like to start this game called Explo yeah just to like start exploding kittens so if you're ever in target in the game section you will see it and that it started on kickstarter and so just with that it's more of like people are easy easily able to give money um so like miss becky said with gofundme um which i've seen done great things to raise for families in need or people in need um and then it was mentioned in the last class like what is it called, like meal trains, and just easily able to give to people um, through technology and media um, and just it being easy to get word out to. Um, so, 
So some cons are um, promoting laziness, which I got examples like DoorDash, but I'm not hating on DoorDash because I love DoorDash. <laughs> but, um, but it's just still like, I'm not gonna get in my car and just go down the street to Chick-fil-A. I'd rather it get delivered to me and it costs so much more money than going down the street. Um, but just because I wanna stay in my bed. Um, <laughs> Um, but then also, there's an app called Placer, which you hire somebody to stand in a line for you. Which, <laughs> I'm like, okay, but like if there's a good barbecue joint in like Austin that the place is wrapped around the building, I may consider it. Or I would stand in a line for somebody. It's easy money. Um, <clears throat> but <laughs> with that, it's just like, promoting, it promotes more laziness because I feel like of the accessibility, that's the word, okay. Um, and then another con that I found was online trolls. So if you've ever heard of somebody trolling you, the definition is an online antagonizer who starts arguments and creates tension in every conversation and comment session comment section and they probably wouldn't do it face to face um, and so that is just I feel like a hindrance on people psychologically um, and then just how they feel about themselves um, which I will talk about mental health in a second and then teens psychologically unsafer which that will be later and then social disconnect um, and I think this is a big one um, because I mean you can look around you and people are constantly looking at their phones um, or just not aware of the world around them. And I mean, I'll be hanging out with friends and everybody is looking down, like we're even texting the person right next to us. And so it's just, I think that socially, there is definitely a hindrance because of technology um, and we're just losing our ability to communicate well with each other, um, which we can talk about in a second. So specifically with mental health, and I have mainly stats for teens, but it was made aware of me because I'm not super into my adulthood that is especially mental health with adults are, it's rocking them as well. Um, but what I have is Gen Zers, which are also known as screenagers, um, <laughs> feel nomophobia, which is the anxiety felt when separated by your phone, which at first when I read it, I'm like, oh, that's weird. But then I think about when I lose my phone, I'm like ripping everything up. Where is my phone? Where is my phone? I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss that. And, um, and so I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, and so teens are said to be physically safer because they're not going out and partaking in as much. They still are. I don't want to. <laughs> but like they're not doing as much things out like drinking and partaking in other dangerous activities. Um, so that has decreased, but the rates of depression and suicide have skyrocketed um, because of comparison FOMO, which is the fear of missing out, and isolation. Um, and then there was a, like, where it started skyrocketing, like the year was around 2006, which that year is the year that Facebook opened up to everybody and not just college kids. So it's kind of easy to see a similarity of, okay, so that makes sense. But if some adults would like to chime in on mental health for adult life, yes. Um, this isn't about adults, but it is um, something I was just in a meeting this past week. We were discussing um, uh, 
uh, some of the new classes you're going to be offering for um, moms and their kids. And some of it is about social readiness because exactly what you're talking about, what they're finding regarding youngsters coming out of school right now is they are in a social deficit when it comes to being able to actually um, carry on a conversation, know how to um, deal with maybe a comment that they didn't that they didn't like or they, they can't they can't process it properly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so they're even saying employees these days, employers when they go to hire are now giving um, I think it's called EPI. It's a um, it's it's an emotional intelligence test to basically be able to figure out if you're going to be able to handle the workplace, just normal interactions with others because our our students are so stuck on their screens mm -hmm. and living in a in an imaginary world. And so the, the school systems now actually see this as an issue, and I was told that they're actually going from a, um, uh, where they've been. So academically, that's where everything's been to push on the, on the academic end. Now there's a swing back to the social end um, and to helping kids learn to socialize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see that as well. And just like the rise in, because, um, in my previous job, I worked very closely with mental health um, and just the limited number of beds um, for inpatient psychiatric care, so like act an actual mental hospital. Um, and then just the rise that I'm seeing, even with the teens I would work with. Um, and I gave an example, like I remember when I would text all of my friends when I was younger and like, my parents would be like, oh, well, I remember calling all my friends. And back in my day, we only called. And then I'm just like, whatever. But now I'm like seeing when I would be talking to the teens, it's like, no, I just Snapchat and Instagram them. Like, so it will be a short message and it will go away. And I'm like, now I feel old because I'm like, well, back in my day, we used to text. <laughs> and so I'm like, it's just so weird to see. And the reason behind them wanting to do Snapchat and Instagram is because they don't trust people with their numbers. And I'm like, okay uh, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard but um it's just so interesting to see um the rise or psychologically the impact of social media and technology on the teens I would work with especially because they would we'd have to do suicide assessments usually if their parents took their phone away or if somebody said something to them on social media um and so it's very interesting, and I got that from this Gen Z book right here. So these are not my words. Like I said, I don't want to be kicked out of college, so I'm not plagiarizing today. Um, <laughs> so does anybody have any questions or comments before we start talking about Jesus? There was a lot more questions and comments in the other class. So this may not be very long. On Facebook, most people post positive things. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm on vacation, and look at this, and great pictures and everything. And so everybody thinks that everybody else has these great lives. And, mm -hmm. you know, here I've got problems, but... Yeah. You know, so it's kind of a... When you compare to everybody on Facebook, you're like, well, wait a second. We should start a social media network where we just put the, like, horrible... No, I know. This is all what happened to me today. Yeah, and that's what I noticed as well as like, I mean, I've had conversations with my parents just about like 
their friends and like if you go if anybody goes through like maybe a job crisis or um, just the loss of a job or maybe not being able to financially support yourself well but like you get on Facebook and you see your friends in Cabo and in Hawaii and in all these other places you're like well my life is sad and so but in reality, if you have conversations with those people, it's like mostly a cover up. Um, and then for myself personally, like I'm a single young adult. So when I see everybody getting engaged or having babies, I'm like, well, my life is going nowhere. And so, yeah, it's just it makes it hard and it makes it like really evaluate your life and usually spiral into a state of sadness. <laughs> what was that? Ice cream and movies. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. That that could be a good thing. Um, but yeah. So that was more of the stats. Does anybody have any more questions or anything? No. Great. Or not great. Okay. Um, so this is a video. So this is going to. I'm more segueing into what can the church do specifically. Um, Tired of having to wake up, get dressed, and drive across town just to attend your favorite service? Introducing virtually <laughs> Start by choosing a church building that meets your needs. Tired of the stress of having to choose a Sunday morning outfit? Never make a fashion mistake again. Virtually one of the church will style you based on your denomination. It's like the introvert experience to completely eliminate welcome tape, eat great time to connect cards, and that awkward four games with the person next to you think we still do. Personalize your morning by choosing the worship experience that you want. Feeling a touch of white hair? Add a minority worship leader. Customize that you like to enter the skinniness of your worship leader's Finally, no more having to endure songs that you don't like. With Virtual Reality Church, you're in charge. For the sermon, choose the amount of conviction you like. <laughs> dramatized but like kind of thinking about it for like a while it's like I would not be surprised if there's something that if it starts turning into that because um, this is a real nope 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 a real tweet Um, so Judah Smith is a pastor I forget the church he pastors but like a lot of famous people are friends with him Um, I know specifically Justin Bieber is really good friends with him Um, but he tweeted a while ago, people have asked, when, when are you starting a church in Nashville? When will you come to Texas or Boston? Well, we just did. I am so excited to announce our newest location, Church Home Global. The location, the phone in the palm of your hand. Um, and so he basically created an app that's a church. Um, so you can get sermons, you can get, um, I think you can give, I haven't really looked into it. I just knew that it blew up 
negatively um, within the church community because it takes away what church is and what God designed it to be. Um, I do think that like watching sermons and the sermons that are posted, I think that there are definitely great reasons for it. Um, like if you aren't able to attend church, if you work at a different location and aren't able to always go. Um, so I think that there's blessings behind technology use with that, but I do think the world is starting to turn away from what church is because of technology um, and what we are called. Did somebody opening that door? <laughs> Oh, okay. It's Brian. Okay. <laughs> I was supposed to be like not drawing attention. <laughs> well, you did. I'm so sorry. I was like, <laughs> either either the building is coming down or, um, but yeah. So, but with technology um, in the church, I mentioned, I do think that there are great things with it. Um, with social media, especially um, just being able to post events um, and we had a staffer in the last um, class talk about just getting the word out to people easily and not having to call everybody um, and be able to send mass text messages and then sharing um, events like Camp Destiny, I know, can be shared on um, Facebook to people and just different events that, I mean, our church specifically, I've just seen, which I do think is great things and it's easy to share that way. But there are some things with technology that I think that some churches really like dive into and like with a virtual reality church essentially um and so with that in what ways do you think the church is positively impacted by the use of technology and negatively so does anybody have any i know we uh we had discussions all the time and mm -hmm. one of the big things we were wrestling with is, is live stream like mm -hmm. What do we do with live stream? How important is it? And how do we promote it? And it, and it was kind of a, a there was a, a lot that we had to wrestle with because at, at one side you can do live stream and promote it well and it come across as, oh, I don't have to go to church anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the problems that we saw with it and it made us really kind of kind of hesitate. It's like, okay, is this, is this important to us? But then the flip side is we saw so many people after we started live stream like we're so thankful because they can watch the service because they're in the hospital or they can mm -hmm. go to church like it had so many positive aspects to it too so it is a balance mm -hmm. like every single piece of technology i think you can get <coughs> to the extremes that that make it a negative but it is something that the church has to really pray through mm -hmm. and not just oh it's something new let's do it kind mm -hmm. of thing and so that's definitely been been a challenge but we've seen great things from it too yeah at, at the end of your like when you i've never used the virtual church thing app but do you um at the end when they're watching it do you tell them to come to church soon or anything like that is that a, a, available for people who are watching so the live stream it's kind of the normal service so they get the welcome and the but the thing that we want to make sure we always have in there is is the announcements of things going on and right. how to connect because uh, I think that's where churches can struggle. When they get bigger, they feel like, oh, everybody's just tuning in to watch our service, so we don't need to show anything about like what's actually happening in the life of the church. Right. They just mm -hmm. want to hear the music and listen to the pastor. Right. And that's when I think you get in trouble, because that, that's where you get into a, make it into a box, where like they feel like, oh, I don't have to come. Yeah. That's why 
I think we have to continue just to show the life of the church and show mm-hmm. what's all happening. What and they're missing if they connected. don't come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we even say it in the, in the news, like, in case you're out on a Sunday, here's our live stream so you can watch it. Yeah. Just to reiterate, like, we don't feel like this is a replacement, yeah, a replacement of mm-hmm. church. Yeah, that's a good question, though. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. It's interesting to know how, what percentage of people who watch turn, tune in remotely, how, why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of assume, well, the church to me is, and it may have to do with your attitude about church, you know, if you're checking the box off that mm-hmm. you went to church, but it's all about fellowship. You can't have fellowship when you don't have people around you. Yeah. Um, uh, but it'd be interesting to know because, I mean, we have a fair amount of people, as David knows, mm-hmm. that tune in through either YouTube or our streaming, you know, and and that and, and it's from other places, a lot of other places, mm-hmm. like even other countries sometimes. So people are obviously kind of traveling. So I guess you could look there and see if yeah. the people that are tuning in or around the corner, or if they're on vacation, mm-hmm. which is which is really neat that they want to watch it yeah and I think or Josh Oslo as I was talking to him about this um also discussed like on average people are attending attending church at least once or twice a month and that is like normal to them they're like oh yeah well I went to church this month or whatever which I mean growing up going to church every Sunday and getting in trouble if I didn't want to go to church um (laughs) I I was just like I mean, it was a thing that we did, and then like, le- like luckily or through God, like in His change in my heart, like I want to go, and I want because I know that living in community is something that I need to build my relationship with other and Him. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's odd when you don't go to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was definitely the kid who was like, "Mom, can I just stay at home and watch Billy Graham?" And she was like, "No." And so <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I tried." Um, but so I was, I don't know. So I definitely see an impact. And then also something I wanted to talk about and like open up a discussion was the um, idea of a Bible, which is a phone Bible. Um, so if you ever hear Bible. Phone Bible. Um, so with that, I've just heard a lot of people talk about either, um, I mean, it is like the number one downloaded app is the Holy Bible, which I think is cool, like, because if you're looking for a passage right then and there, it's like, okay, it's on my phone right here. Um, but I've just read up on things and just in a service, like pulling out your phone, that can become a distraction. Because if I see a text message, I'm going to be like, I'm answering this right now. Or if I see I want to go on Instagram and I want to do this and I'm not listening to what is being talked to me or told um, up on the stage. And so, but then also um, it was brought to my attention and like within myself as well. It's hard to study the Bible on the phone Um, and having a physical copy of the Bible. It's just being able to just flip like, and this is just me personally. I do think that that is a hindrance on the study of the Bible is it being on the phone. So if you're wanting to dig into scripture, um, yeah. So does anybody have any thoughts on that? One of my favorite things that I have now is my dad passed away and I have his Bible and mm-hmm. it's war. And it's, you know, and so I know he, he read these words and he used this book and when I go, my Bible's not going to be worn. I'm a big Bible Hub fan. Mm-hmm. I like to read all the different versions. But that treasure that my dad passed to me, 
I won't be passing, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's plus and minus. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that with the ability of it, like being able to read different versions of the Bible so easily, like I think that that's also cool because I mean, if you read one version, but you're like, I wonder what like NIV says, or I wonder what even sometimes the message like makes makes it differently. Um, and so like being able to access that through the phone, but I've noticed because like I am a millennial or Gen Zer, um, but I am a millennial and I like when I open my phone and when I touch my phone, honestly, the first thing I'm going to is Instagram or Twitter. I'm not. It's a radical. Yeah, mm -hmm, absolutely. And so um, I just think that technology in the church, I definitely think there are great uses for it. And I feel like David has talked about that. And I know that you're behind the technology in the church. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so you are ruining our church, David. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I definitely think that there are uses that are like being more worldly and forgetting about what we are told from God. So this hey, is my just on that. Um, <laughs> there is something about it's hard to focus nowadays. At least I, mm -hmm. I, I struggle with that because. You can take a computer, you can take a technolo technology device, and it does millions of things, which, you know, again, is that struggle, like, look at all, this one device does everything. Mm -hmm. But, like you said to your point, if that's where my Bible is, for instance, it's hard for me to really focus just on that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much about growing as a Christian is about meditation, is about just camping out with this passage, just sitting mm -hmm. with God in that. And I just find myself, it's hard to do on a, on a phone when I just kind of glaze it, but then something else distracts me, something mm -hmm. else distracts me all over the place versus with just my actual physical Bible, where that's, that's all it does. It's just a book. It doesn't do anything else. Mm -hmm. It's just a book that I'm sitting down just to read and think about. So I would agree with you. I think that's the, that is the challenge with technology. Mm -hmm. with yeah, it's very um, interesting. Something, I actually kind of use both whenever I'm studying. Mm -hmm. I like having my physical copy, but there's one particular app that I love because it has the original text in Hebrew or um, whatever it is, and then being able to look at that and find out okay, what it was this translated from, because when it was translated, a lot of those times those words meant so many different things, and having some context for that, I always loved to have. So the first time I found out that that was available, yeah, um, I do prefer having the book there, because mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's a lot easier to focus with the book. Yeah. Um, and but having that there as a tool, like, mm -hmm. I wonder what, the, what they meant here, like what does this mean in the original mm -hmm. text, and what are all the different, um, yeah, that's why I definitely love having like the different versions so easily accessible because it, I mean, all versions I feel like word it in many different ways that sometimes make more sense than others. But yeah. I think I see them. Sorry. Just the, the skepticism, I think, is one of the things that technology has brought where we don't necessarily trust the first thing we read, like, mm -hmm. okay, now let me see what this person says, this person says. And I think that's even crept into scripture. Like, mm -hmm. like, you read a verse and you're like, okay, is that really what Jesus meant? Let me go investigate. Let me go read the other versions and then let me go see what it meant in the original Greek. And you feel like, and I'm guilty of this, if I have just my Bible, I was like, now is this really everything that I can get out of this verse or do I need to go research and investigate? And I feel like I can't do that unless I have my phone. And I think that's that's a struggle for me as well, because I almost feel like I don't have enough information with just 
the book, which is kind of sad, even me saying it out loud, but, <laughs> but it's true though. Like, I feel like I need more resources to really understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be quite the negative, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> so along with that, more of how the gospel is at stake with technology. So I had um, just things that I kind of pulled out and I talked with my sister who she's 29. So she's a millennial and I love her. Um, sorry. Shout out to Brooke. Um, but so technology encourages busyness. Um, like we said before, or I said, was social disconnectedness as well. And then difficulty building genuine relationships. Um, and so with that, what I have noticed um, is usually big gospel transformation conversations or um, like people starting to know Jesus and getting to know Jesus starts with a relationship. Um, with somebody or yeah with a neighbor or um, just somebody in the church and like that inviting or inviting into your home and inviting um, into your life essentially and so I think that with technology there's just a big barrier that can be put in front of building those relationships um, with others and it does encourage busyness and kind of a like not able to focus um, and just kind of all over the place. And the social dis disconnectedness, there is talk of, like if you're standing in a line, I'm looking at my phone, I'm not talking to the people around me. If I'm um, sometimes in my car, <laughs> sorry mom, <laughs> and I'm like stopped at a stoplight, I'm like on my phone and I'm um, like every stoplight, I noticed one time I was on Instagram and I'm just like, what is happening that has not changed for the past minute that I have gone. Um, and so it's just an awareness of the world around us. Um, I think that is causing a distraction with our phones and with building the relationships and being here to enjoy what is actually physically around us. Um, but then on the flip side of that, I do think that building, um, like sharing the sharing of articles and sharing of different things on social media I do think that that could be used for good because I have read articles that I'm like wow like that really convicted me and um just but I've also seen like the not so great posts from Christians that make people feel horrible and so I'm like okay that's not what we're called to do of making sinners feel like we're making us feel I don't know opinions but um <laughs> so I yeah so that is what I found and then I want to read Acts 2 42 through 47 um so more it's talking about the fellowship of believers and what we are to be so of course Paul is um talking about the building of church um so and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the pro the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
And so, I mean, of course, this isn't the only passage in the Bible about building the relationships with people and um, sharing the gospel with others, but I just think that it's a good um, snippet of how we are supposed to live in fellowship, and when we are all together, like with my friends specifically, sorry, I looked at Brian because he was one, he's one of those, but like with our, <laughs> um, but with us, like we will be in a room together and we're all looking at our phones, um, and it's sad, um, because one of us will look up and be like, wow, we're really talking with each other and we're really being great. Um, and so it's just, it's hard. And I think that as well on social media and the transformation of your heart after you get to know Jesus, like it's sometimes hard to view people with what I'm about to talk about, gospel glasses. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it makes it difficult. Um, so, segue. So, a book that I have up here called Navigating the Digital Sea, Gospel Guidance for Social Media by Court Marley. Um, I was able to read this, and it um, really just put things into perspective <laughs> of, like, applying the gospel and how we could use social media to further the gospel. Um, but something that makes it hard is for like realizing that when we do, when we are transformed by Jesus and our hearts are changed, um, we like in Colossians 3.10 says like we put on a new self and like an amazing grace. I was blind. Now I see. And um, you truly have a transformation of your heart, which should transform your mind in the way you think. And I do think that for myself, especially, it can be difficult to view people on social media like Jesus would view them. Um, and I think that that can also have a hindrance on the gospel and furthering the kingdom. Um, and so like I have examples, um, I don't know, like we kind of talked about how it's like with our lives are not looking so great and we're looking at other people like and they're having a great life. I feel like for me especially it's hard to celebrate with people and hard to be truly happy for somebody because I'm just looking at my own life and I'm like well my life kind of stinks right now but they're having a great life so I don't like you um, <laughs> which is horrible but like I feel like as us as believers we're called to celebrate with one another we're called to mourn with one another and that's hard when it's constantly scrolling through something and seeing how my life is worse and worse, what I think, and actually like, wow, I'm, I'm so happy that you had a baby, and I'm so happy that you're engaged. Sorry, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not bitter, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, look at Jonah. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's so easy to hit that like button, even if mm -hmm. you don't feel like you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, I'll just show. like, okay, I like that, even though you're saying, yeah it's like I guess I have to like it you know is there my and then they're talking about in the other class which is really funny how like <laughs> you're so involved in other people's lives on social media but if you see them in the grocery store you're like, <laughs> like no I'm not gonna talk to you like I have avoided man I've avoided so many people it's horrible of me but like it's just so I don't know it's just so so funny to me how like we're so easily to do so many different things that we would not do in person. Um, and yeah, it's like, I've been a victim of trolling and I'm like, 
please say that to my face and let's see what happens. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, um, but yeah, so a question. Um, so do y'all think it is like for social media or even other use of technology, is that an, an area difficult for you to see through the lens of the gospel? Um, why or why not? Like I asked like other people this, but I like to hear other opinions as well. I think it's difficult because it, like social media can like separate the person from like the post or whatever they put. So it's like you don't see the you don't see it as a person. You see it as like a comment or like a picture, and you're just either jealous, angry, or like just upset about that post or whatever. And you don't view that as a person or an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I brought this up in the last class. Oh yes, please share it again. I loved it. Um, that's I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm the other side of this, so you're all on, we're all on our phones. There's somebody that's on the other side of that thing, programming it, and they're running a business. And their intention, like at Facebook, they're tracking your minutes. And they're tracking things that you probably don't know that they're tracking. Like when you're scrolling through Facebook and you stop to read something, they are going, oh, they stopped to look at this. They pull all their words out. They run an algorithm on it. They're like, why are they interested in this person? And maybe something else you may not know is they're not showing you the posts of all of your friends on there. They're showing you the posts that are going to draw your attention, as well as advertising. On the advertising side, there's actually something called a relevancy score, which is, to the audience that you're showing this to, does this have a relevancy score of a maximum of 10? If it does, these people who are looking at this are going to spend more time reading it and spend more time on it. So technology, I think one of the things, the reason why this is a question, is not the technology itself, it's how much time we're spending on it. Mm-hmm. Like Apple has figured this out, they're trying to help us with that little you know, screen time thing, like, how much time you're spending on it, they're realizing this is a problem. But the business owners on the other side, we're looking at those tools, like how do we keep you glued on there because that makes us money. So how do we do that? And uh, there's also something called operant conditioning. It's a psychological thing that all human beings have across the globe, which is if you randomly reward somebody for doing an action, they will continue doing mm-hmm. that action. And they're constantly trying to use all of these psychological tools to keep you glued to that screen for as long as possible. So even though you might have you know 500 friends on there, they realize these half a dozen people, you want to know what's going on with them and who people are talking about those similar things. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I might be showing you all of your happy friends is because it realizes you stopped to read those things. So it's looking at all of your friends and like, who just got married? She'll stay and read these things. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Don't air my dirty laundry. I'm kidding. <laughs> scary like I don't know Um, there was something else I wanted to say I forgot it so that's great 
Oh no, I, I mean, I was just, I'm, I think that's so interesting, um, which I'm not surprised. And it's like this show called Black Mirror on, <laughs> on Netflix and it's very terrifying. Um, but it's just about how technology can overrun the world and hmm, it's, it's pretty scary. Um, I think it's because even uh, on Ben's week when he talked about politics mm -hmm. and how we've seen the divide get farther and farther away, and I think that's a big reason for it. We see only things we want to see, or the mm -hmm. opinions that we only care about. And when someone <coughs> gets on one of those posts and posts something negative about that view, they get destroyed because mm -hmm. a thousand people are seeing that one post and like, oh no, you are so wrong. And then it just blows up and it just, it makes the divide so much so much larger. Well, it's because there's going to be a reaction. They're like, oh, people will respond to uh, the shows yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's so the trolling react. Yeah, yeah, so it's just, it's, it, uh, it's, it's kind of just going that direction. So you kind of have to do open your eyes to the gospel and see, mm -hmm. and stop just caring about your views and what's right. Like, it really is about the people and the relationships. <coughs> it's yeah. kind of hard to get out of that, that yeah. mindset. Yeah, I do think one of the worst things, it's actually to be given an awful loud voice to some of the worst instincts in uh, humanity. And um, because of that, like for me personally, I just got off Twitter, period. Because I felt like in those few little sentences that you say, so many of them were divisive comments, period. And uh, and and angry. And there, there, there does feel like there is a constant trollers. That's all they do. That's all they do. That's all they spend their time doing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm, I just... I don't want to read this because the other thing is I found it actually was affecting my thought process. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think like this. I don't, I don't want to be engaged in that. That's not who I want to be. And I don't want to waste my time getting drugs down there. Because I did for a short period of time. I felt myself, um, it was affecting my attitude or what I was thinking about after I even got away from my thought. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. And I... I was gonna say, you know, my sister and I have had that discussion about how, like, you find yourself, even like everyday thought of like, oh, that'll make a good status, or that'll make mm -hmm. a good, like everything is to be a status, or a, mm -hmm. how can I turn that into a Facebook post, or how can I turn that into a, it's just everything is, and it does, it affects your mindset, just that's the break. Yeah, and something else that I read about in this book um, was just the idea of, I mean, there's said, or us as believers being quick to listen and slow to speak, but with the slow to speak part, um, technology and especially social media, man, it's real easy to just click post and not sit and think about <laughs> what you're about to post. Um, and so there was an example that they use in here in this like girl who had maybe like 100 followers on um, Twitter. She said something rather racist um, and she it got retweeted like a million times and shared across like everybody saw it not everybody but most of twitter world saw it saw it and so um it's just and of course she's like i'm so sorry i did not mean to say that it was a joke and da 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 but like nobody's going to forget that this is the girl who said this um and it's hard to forgive somebody usually i mean it's hard to forgive um usually um but on social media and on the internet, nothing goes away, no matter if you think that you deleted it. Well, and um, like online, the incentive, like socially, is to promote outrage. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's not to forgive. And like, in reality, when somebody forgives something, that should be something noble. 
but like online, you get more clout by like mm -hmm. trying to. Just I was about to say clout, but I just didn't want to say clout. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, it's it's all opinions, and um, and usually, and another thing um, that I was that was asked before was like sharing um, the gospel like to non-believers through social media, and like usually people go on it for to express their own opinions. It's hard to do full heart change to somebody <laughs> if you just post Bible verses and post whatever. And I'm like, I think for people who are already believers and having those like cool articles and reminders, I'm like, yeah, great. Thank you for this encouragement. But, but to somebody who maybe goes on and is a non-believer or believes in other things, like they're going to go on there to be like, this is wrong. This is wrong. Or like, I already have my mindset. It's like, even with politics, if you go on and you already have your mindset with something, you're just going to get angry reading about the opposite um, view. And so I think that it's hard to share the gospel. I think you can share the gospel through your actions on social media. <laughs> There's a good and a bad way to do that. What? And your reaction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Things you Um, is actually where it's a website can be, you know, you have to get on there and basically say, I want prayer, or I'm asking the question. Mm -hmm. And so you're asking and soliciting it from the people that monitor that, and they're able to share Christ with you. Too. But when most of the things I read, if somebody's going to tell you what they believe, it is more, does more damage than anything I've ever read that did good. I just see so much damage being done. Yeah, that's, and like, um, I meant to mention this with the church slide as well, but like, like more of good things, it's, uh, it was brought up before of like the right now media and how that has really been serving this church well, um, just different Bible studies and access to um, whatever questions that people have and being able to get on to right now media and access, um, like different pastors and theologians in their studies. And I know like in 1929, um, which is the young adult small group. Okay. Um, we are going through Jonah and it has just been so, so cool. And we got to access that through right now media. Um, and we got to go through and pick like from a plethora of different studies. And so I think that the church can use it for good. I know we already talked about that, but I mean, I feel like there's just going to be good and bad with everything. But kind of ending topics or like what I just want to end on is the awareness of the changing world, especially with technology. And I think that, I mean, talking to older people, it's just like, no, like, I don't want to, I just want to avoid it and I want to avoid it and da, da, da. It's like, okay, you can do that, but that would be very hard because the world's is starting to become tech technological. Um, and so I think there needs to be an awareness of how is the world changing technologically because especially if you want to reach other people and what we are called to do, you can't dig your head in the sand and pretend like it's going your way. Um, which, sorry, was rough, but it's the <laughs> truth. Um, <laughs> and then also ask questions and not just with this. I just think that with anything, asking questions and getting to know it more and being open-minded, um, especially if you're unsure with the different uses of technology, um, asking a person of a different generation. Um, like, I think it's very interesting talking to my parents and like how they view 
um, social media and like what it's done for them specifically and um, the good and the bad and um, just honestly in talking to teenagers and being very sad but praying for them and myself um, but so the last point I would like to make is viewing all things through what is termed gospel glasses I spelled that wrong oh gospel yeah gospel um but I just I think sorry I think I just love that term it's just kind of um it was like that's kind of cute um but I think it has so much impact because like I it's very hard to remind myself and to be like, man, like I'm not thinking like Jesus would think. I'm not viewing this person like <coughs> Jesus is viewed just because of their opinion that I don't agree with, which we're all entitled to our own opinions. Um, but just because of this, like this completely switched my mindset of you. When I see you in the grocery store, I will be running the opposite direction. Um, and so viewing people like Jesus would view them, and I know it's difficult with the opinions being expressed. Um, but that is the end. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, okay. But, um, does anybody have any questions, comments, concerns? Great job. Oh, thank you. I still have a question for you since you said all that. Are people paid to troll then? Because I feel um, like They're not necessarily be... paid to. It's, it's more along the lines of anything that creates that kind of upheaval makes money because everybody's paying attention to it, so it gets promoted. So it's like, if it pops up, it's like, oh, people are watching it, they're paying attention to it. It's, it's very non-emotional. It's just looking at the numbers and be like, everybody's reacting to this. Cool, we can keep people on here longer. Let's just post that to everybody who knows this person. Because this is, from their perspective, they call it what's relevant, right? So apparently to these people, this topic is relevant because everybody's reacting to it or responding to it. So let's show it to everyone else. That's what they say to everybody, but really it's like there's dollars and cents after that. They keep people glued on there, they keep them engaged, and then they show that, then people are kind of emotionally heightened about something, and then they show you an advertisement. Mm -hmm. And that's like the best way to sell anybody of anything, get them emotionally heightened them, and then advertise them that it's something that would be relevant for them in that moment. Yeah, and I don't know like if anybody else has been a victim of this, but talking about something and then realizing it's an ad on oh, Facebook, oh, <laughs> me like think about no, that's what I said. I know. I'm just like yeah, and I understand the like if you are searching it on Google. I think you mentioned yeah, it in the past it's one. It's actually a little more than that. Um, people have a tendency of having similar interests, so if you look up one thing. They're, they'll actually correlate people who look at this, there's a high percentage chance that they're going to be looking up this next. So then they'll advertise to you whatever it is that they think you're going to, there's a high chance that you're going to be looking at next. And it's cross-platform, so if you look at it on Google or Facebook, they share that information. Or so you where, get emails. Yeah. Or emails. Yeah. Right? You were searching something, and the next thing you know, you're getting this email. There was a girl who didn't know she was pregnant, but then based on her searches, she started getting like baby registry stuff. She's like, what? Then she took a test, she's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why am I getting sick in the mornings? Yeah. 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 Alexa, are you listening to me? Yeah, no. Yes. And there was something, yes. I saw a video that somebody was like, Alexa, what's the CIA? And she explained, and I'm like, Alexa, do you work for the CIA? And the thing shut off. And everyone, everyone was like, excuse me? And she like asked, 
asked it to like Alexa, do you work for this? And it was like, yes. Do you work for the CIA? And it was like, bro. And I'm like, okay. So uh, our world is being controlled, and everything is. Yeah, I definitely. Big brother is real. It was actually her dad who found out first. He got the mail. So the dad went to go ask the daughter. Like, what's going on here? And she oh. was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was Target. Target figured it out. That is so terrifying. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so fun things. Um, it's, like, about an hour. I don't know. I, I went an hour. I know. I can talk. <laughs> I did it! Woohoo! Yeah, if there's anybody who's on the mail list, definitely stay after and we'll get your names mm -hmm. on it. Let's get Tay by hand. Right I'll close this out one more time and then, and then we're done. Uh, Lord, thank you again just for a chance to come and talk and just thank you for Tava and just uh, everything that she brought today and the discussion that we've had. Just help us as we figure out how we do navigate this because we know it's not going away, but we definitely can leverage it for, for the gospel. Uh, Lord, we just have to be uh, just thoughtful and we have to be conscious of it and we have to uh, uh, be disciplined in it. I know as a parent, it, it's hard and just even figuring out how to uh, set boundaries for your kids can be difficult. So we, we thank you for a church that we can can rely on each other and encourage each other and uh, call each other out sometimes when we need to. But again, we just uh, we just love you and just pray for everybody's uh, this week, Lord, that you just keep these thoughts um, on, on their minds and on their hearts and that uh, we can uh, just encourage each other outside of this room. We just uh, love you and pause your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.